I'll do a disclaimer first because we're going to talk about the gift of helps, the gift of serving today. This is not a timed sermon to encourage you all to help with the Trout Festival. <laughs> it's just where we're at with our trek through the, the spiritual gifts. And so this will not be a sermon of manipulation. So uh, we're going to talk about the gift of helps or service today. We are going through spiritual gifts. If you remember right, we... Uh, we started with who is Holy Spirit, and we talked about Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, what he was doing in the Old Testament. We talked about what he's doing in the New Testament, um, and then we talk about Holy Spirit and what, it, what, it's, what it's looking like when he's, he's acting after Pentecost. And uh, then we talked about the fruit of the Spirit. Jonathan talked about fruit of the Spirit, and, and Tabitha talked about hearing God and how hearing God affects many of the spiritual gifts. So today I'm going to talk about the gift of uh, serving or the gift of helps. It's mentioned a couple times, and we'll go through those verses again. Um, it's one that doesn't really get talked about on a, on a larger scale. It's one we just assume and we don't really define because we all, and we'll talk about how we can define it maybe a little bit better because we all, we all are serving and we're all helping. Like that's part of being part of a Christian family. Um, but I kind of want to look at this and highlight things in this a little bit more because there's definitely people in our church that operate in this very strongly. Um, and we just we need to recognize those people that, that have that gift. Um, so let's look back at our list of what Holy Spirit was doing in Old Testament and New Testament. Um, we saw many instances where Holy Spirit's bringing in creative solutions He's helping people to combat through uh, depravity and sin in their own lives. Um, and then today what we're really focusing on is his role as an empowered helper in the body. And we looked at the different list of gifts, and we, we saw this empowered helper category would be like serving and helps, which I think are the same. Um, exhorting, which is going to be, it's slightly different, but it fits right along that stream. And then the gift of giving, um, and we looked at the other list and other typings of gifts that Holy Spirit provides. So today we're going to focus on, we're just going to focus on serving and helping. Um, first thing I want to start off with is before we even get into like the spiritual gift of this, just the idea that I mentioned before that we all serve and we all help. And that's just part of being part of Christ. Jesus pushed it during his ministry. Um, I just picked a couple. There's a, there's a good section in Mark that I took these out of where it really is talking about servanthood and uh, a servant leader and that, that idea. And so we're just going to take a look at this. Uh, it could be much deeper. There's many instances of this throughout the four Gospels. But looking at Mark 10:45, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Just emphasizing the servant role of Jesus. We have the incarnation of God in human form, and he's choosing to serve. And we are to model our life after him, and he makes it clear. And then another time, right there in Mark earlier, um, I think this is in context of some of the disciples were like, who's the greatest? Who will be the greatest? And, and Jesus is kind of laying it out and, and setting them straight. And he sat down and he called the twelve, and he said to them, if anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and put him in the midst of him, 
them, and taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. And so we're, we're, he's, he's using children as an example, but I think one of the biggest examples, the children are fairly defenseless, and uh, they don't really offer a lot to you. Like when you're serving a child, there's no... It's not a back and forth. This is a mutual thing we do to serve each other. Children generally have nothing for us. I mean, they're, they're joyful. I like being around children. That's what I do. But you, it, it's not a transactional service thing. Like, they, that's it. They're, they're children, and they're there. And um, I think that's why he's doing it. One of the things I want to emphasize with this, and I guess this does work out good for the Trout Festival with kids. This works even better. But anyway... Uh, whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. So as, we, as we're dealing with children, as we're helping with children, as we're serving others, we're receiving Jesus. You know, that's the idea. Whoever receives one in my name. But then he takes it further. You know, whoever receives me is actually receiving Yahweh, creator of the universe. Um, Father God. When you're, when, you're, when you're touching the lives of these children, when you're serving, you are... You are somehow sending benefits to Yahweh, creator of the universe. And it's, it's mind-blowing. But that's the power of servanthood. That's the idea. Um, we, are, we are children before God, right? I mean, we're, we really have nothing to offer God. It's the, same, it's the same thing one step up. We really, he doesn't need us. He wants us. He desires to be with us. But we don't, you know, it's, it's, it's modeling of that. It's, it's a God is working with his children. And that's kind of, that's how servanthood works. We really, we maybe can't offer anything directly to God. There's nothing we can say, nothing we can do. But we can offer our things to other people, people in need. And that's us as our role as all of us are children. Um, so just looking at spiritual gifts again. We're going to go through the, the list pretty quickly. Uh, Romans 12, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, and the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So just going through laying these lists out again, just having a biblical knowledge of these lists. First uh, Peter 4, and this one is a little, more, a little more focused on serving. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belongs glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So again, the focus on serving you're serving God. You're doing it for God. First uh, Corinthians twelve. We'll go through more of the the, the gifts. Now are there very now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And we'll take a minute here because what we translate as service, because of our our current English translation, um, it comes from what people before would. Uh, translate as ministry. So sometimes the gift of service, you can kind of think of it as the gift of ministry. It's the Greek word uh, diakonia. And diakonia just means uh, 
serving or attending to something. In some cases, the word is even used like to service tables, as if you're serving at tables. Uh, the diacona word is where we get the word deacon and deaconess. That's where that comes from. That's the idea when we, when we think of serving tables as ministry, as like the formation for the word ministry. That's not really what we think of anymore because of our culture and what we think of. When we, when we say ministry, a lot of people are just thinking, they're thinking pastor, they're thinking teacher, they're thinking maybe worship leader, and they're thinking maybe evangelist. That's ministry. Um, but that's, that's the mixed up, strange uh, Christianese that we do in America sometimes that, that messes that up. So just when we, when we think service, also think ministry and start thinking of ministry as a bigger thing. Um, now there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activi- activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit of the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by one Spirit, to another the workings of miracles, to another prophecy, and to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. So when he's listing these out, He's making it known that all of these are coming from the same spirit. And we talked about that in the past, so I'm not going to go into too, too much on that. But I just want people to see that, that, that varieties of service, service is in right with all of these. All of these things that we think maybe are more spiritual or somehow more advanced, service is right there with them. And it's, it's, it's a poor way to look at the list and go through that. Another instance of this that I want to talk about, because some people take this and they, they turn it into that exact thing I was just talking about, is now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, and then the gifts of healing, helping, which is serving, administrating in various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. People have a different mix of gifts. And I think one thing that happens, and one thing that maybe we've, we've taken this out of context, and I've looked into the Greek a little bit more, and I've been, this has been a, a conflict for me as we've been talking about spiritual gifts, was trying to zero in on what this means, because... Some people take it by a list of importance. So when it says first apostles, therefore apostles are the most important. Second prophets. So then it's like this hierarchy. I don't believe it's a hierarchy. I believe what Paul is doing, um, and and in the context of all of this, is I think it has to do with with getting the church going. I think it's establishing the church. So you need an apostle who, in, who traditionally has been referred to as a church planter, right? So you have a church planter. Then you need your prophets and your teachers to come in with, you know, what are we teaching? What are, you know, what are, we, what are we doing in this church plant? And then as things go on, you start getting into, you dwell into all the other things. I don't think it's an importance list. I think it's chronological. I think it makes sense as a chronological thing. And sometimes we see this taught as, a, as an importance list. And we see authority derived in strange ways in the church 
through this and through a misinterpretation of this. Like everyone is, you must, everyone has to line up under their, the apostle of the region or you can't really do that. Please don't do that without talking to the prophets first or something like that. And I'm not, I don't think that that's what that's about. That, that seems out of context for, for the whole thing. So again, this is just to emphasize that, that the gifts are all important. And as we talk about serving, as we delve into where it, it, it shows us some people in the New Testament that serve, um, it's important. And this isn't just a rah-rah, we all need to do things, because I'll, I'll talk about that. But, but there are people like, this is a gift, they're just good. They're good at it. And we need to recognize that there are people that are good at it. And as we do things, we need to talk to these people before we do certain things in service to see what they think. Like, that's, that's the way their mind works. That's the way God has them equipped. That's what Holy Spirit's are doing in them. Um, sorry for the small text. I did not do a very good job of editing my slides and making things bigger today. But I will read it anyway. Um, so here's an example early in Acts. And as we, that was part of your homework a while ago, was to read those first through Acts 10. And this is one of the ones that we, we really look at the role of what they, they, again, they would call them deacons based off the Greek word, the, the people that minister or serve. So these are people that are actually in some kind of assignment of service. And uh, it just, again, shows the importance of these people that are serving. Now, in those days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists, which would be the Greeks, be the Greek Christians, um, or Hellenistic-leaning Jews, those that are following Christ, but aren't straight-up Hebrew. Um, A complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man of full faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parnamis, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and lay hands, laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and the great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Now, when we read this, we can read it, and we can take it very snarky when they say they're not, uh, why should we give up preaching the word of God to serve tables? And that's, it's, it's not to be snarky. It's not to put on importance. It's the fact that these are the people that traveled with Jesus. These are the people that took in his teaching and have been spreading the word. And they're saying there are people who can do this very well, and there are things that we do very well. And it's the idea that we need both of these things to coexist. We need people serving as deacons, if you will, to serve. Um, again, this has been taken in the past to create a hierarchy of people. And I don't think that that's, that's the point. Um, and so when they go to describe who they picked, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like they're picking losers, you know, and that's, and they make that very clear. They go through, you know, Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy spirit 
you know, and Philip and all these people, and they laid hands on them. And then it says, and the word of God continued to increase. So once we got this problem done, once we got this problem done and people were, were serving in what they do, you know, they're serving in their lane. They've got going on what they need to have going on. Uh, the numbers of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Um, so again, it's, it's everybody, everybody serves, and we'll talk more about this. But some people are just better at things than other people. And it's, it's, sometimes it's talents, sometimes it's spiritual giftings, and we need to learn how to recognize that, and we need to look to those people to lead those areas. Um, and then I, the other one I wanted to look at real quick as it talks about this is Galatians 6. And this is the idea of, uh, of serving. That, that last part was like, this is how they're serving others. And this is more of like serving each other in the church. Um, and so Galatians 6. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in the spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something, then he is nothing. When he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. Let the one who has taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows in his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. The idea that we serve each other, and there are people that are good with, with coordinating that and serving each other. Some of this is, is we hear it, and we, we like it. It sounds happy. Um, but we live in a culture that's super independent, and we do not know how to accept help, and sometimes we don't know how to give help. And we can definitely practice in the church. We can, we can work on that in the church. We can work on that as a church family. Before you need to worry about anything outside of the church, we can do that. And Galatians 6 is just kind of laying it down that, you know, we lift each other up, we bear each other's burdens, and some of the bear each other's burdens, when you look at it, you stand to look at the words, it's, it, it actually does talk about serving and working. It's not just, some people think it's like emotionally bearing each other's burdens, and I don't think that that's where that, that's going. Some people use that as a way to not establish good boundaries, I guess. Is what I'd like to say with it. Um, there's more in here. There's, there's, there's. Paul will give out at numerous times in the New Testament his letters. He'll give out lists of these people that are doing these great things, and he's thanking the people that are doing great things. He talks about Dorcas, otherwise known as Tabitha, who uh, who is great in service, and talks about great works of service and stuff with her. And so there, there's more here. What I wanted to focus on now is. When I, was, when I was digging through this with the examples of what I just gave you and finding the list of people, it doesn't directly talk about the gift of service a lot. So I'm kind of curious, like, what, what do other preachers say? What do other people do with the gift of service? And so I started looking. I looked, on some ser- I looked at some sermons on YouTube 
Um, I dug into some just like synopsis of some books that people write. I found some kind of disturbing stuff that kind of felt gross when I was reading it, and it kind of felt, uh, well, we'll talk about it, it kind of felt manipulative when I, when I got into it. And um, like I said, it can be tough. It can be a tough gift to find direct info on it, and I think that's why people kind of speculate on this, and they kind of go with their own leanings on this. Um, I listened to some stuff. Some, some tried to put it this way. They said, what I didn't like, it, it, the gist was, it's a background gift for background people. I was like, that, that's gross. I, I understand what they're trying to say, I think. I think they're trying to encourage people that don't feel like they're, they're upfront people. But it, again, it's, it's creating that hierarchy when we're all the same. Um, it's for the people who are not called to public ministry. That was another thing that I read and came up a lot. The idea that if you have this gift of service, uh, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Because if you're taking the gift of service outside the church, you're in the public you're going to be doing stuff. There's an uncomfortability to it. it they kind of made it sound like if, if you're uncomfortable with something, here's your comfortable gift. Just do this. Just do this and be comfortable and contribute to the church. Uh, that the gift of service is for shy people. That was the other thing that I kept running across for, you know, these people that... And uh, it's one of those gifts that everyone just starts out with the gift of service and eventually you kind of level up to other gifts. Um, and that's another gross one. Uh, the lists go on. Uh, none of these ideas are found in the Bible that I could find. Um, and it, it kind of seemed manip- manipulative to the point that um, we're just going to make you busy. We're not going to take time to pray with you and get to know you and figure out maybe what your gifting is. Because everyone can, you know what, you just, why don't you lead putting all the chairs and tables back today? and not taking the time with that person. And uh, when I was in college, I went to a church. Um, I led worship up at that church for three years. And one of the things they had that uh, it, it disgusted me was this, this notion of an armor bearer for a pastor. And an armor bearer was their way of uh, spiritualizing this idea of a pastor having like a servant. And it was strange. I've seen this in some Pentecostal and charismatic uh, churches. This idea that, that your, your leader, again, top of the hierarchy, and that the leader basically needs a personal assistant, but we don't want to call it a personal assistant. So as people in the Bible had armor bearers who carried their armor for them and were right there to go into battle with them, we're going to call them armor bearers, and they're going to... But the armor bearers, it didn't, it didn't, maybe there was more to it that I didn't see, but what it amounted to is someone that was running to get the pastor or something, or someone who would... Uh, the pastor would get up to preach, and then the armor bearer, armor bearer would come up and hand the pastor his Bible. And it's just gross. It's just gross. And they would say, well, you know, it's the gift of helps. This person is a real gift of helps motivated person. And it just looked like abuse to me. And... It, again, it's, it's setting people in God's kingdom on different, on different rungs. And it's, it's setting gifts at different places. And I, I just want to get away from the second tier idea of gifts. Um, Paul does say he strongly encourages people to seek certain gifts. But he 
doesn't tell people to forget about the other gifts, and there's no reason that you don't have multiple gifts. Um, and I think sometimes we, we use the gift of helps or the gifts of service to pigeonhole people that we don't know what to do with them. And so do this, do that. And I believe that the people doing those jobs, God is rewarding of that, and God, God appreciates their hearts. But I, I think it, it, it's more than that. Um, I want to call this next part the gifts of helps and servanthood versus doing stuff. Because I think all of us are supposed to do stuff. There are things that we have to do as a family, as a church family. We do things. Um, I think there's a difference in this between the gift and having to just get stuff done, if that makes sense. I don't know if anybody has the gift of taking out the garbage. I don't want to spiritualize it into that. That's just something that we have to do. And there are things that we don't like to do that we just do because that's how a church functions. And various people do it. Um, and, and people want to do it. I'm not, I'm not putting down those as saying that's the low thing again. I'm just saying you just do stuff. When you're in a family, you do stuff. People have chores. All of us have chores. Um, sometimes gifts can be tiring, and sometimes when you're, you're serving like that, it can be tiring. And I'm just encouraging people the power of rest and reliance on the Holy Spirit to get you through doing those things. Um, but, but just doing things doesn't necessarily mean that you have the gift of serving. And so I'd like to, the next part, I kind of want to, how do you identify the gift of serving? Because there's not a whole lot in the Bible that helps us identify it. So these are just kind of my observations in hopefully a healthy way. Um, just an emphasis that remember that this is a spiritual gift. It's still in the list of spiritual gifts, even though it seems like it's a physical thing only because of the nature of it. It's, it's a spiritual gift. I believe that the Holy Spirit delivers these things to people. Um, I th- this is when I see people that have a gift of serving, in my opinion. Um, they seem to enjoy it and derive some kind of satisfaction from it. Um, I think that's a big difference. And again, sometimes we just have to do stuff and it's not satisfying. But for some of these people, they do these things. And I'm just like, why do they, they really like doing those things? They actually like that. And, and they're into it. Um, I think that they're great at seeing needs even from a distance. And uh, something in them just clicks that there's a need there and their service sense tingles. They understand there's an opportunity there for them to do it. I think that's kind of how they feel with it. And they, they can identify these needs before other people generally identify the needs or sometimes even the people that need things identify it themselves. They also tend to get creative solutions to many problems. They might look at a problem that we're looking at a problem. Let's say the leadership is looking at a problem and we have a very simple, this seems like a standard answer to this, but someone with the gift of serving may be like, actually, I think, what about this? And it's completely creative and more beneficial than maybe the standard way of doing something. Um, and sometimes these people get it, even when it's not in their, their standard wheelhouse, like what they normally do. Um, I think those are, those are, in my opinion, those are ways that Holy Spirit works with these people who have the gift of service and gives them something on the inside that's more than just a physical, analytical look at something that it needs to be done. Um, 
Not that that's not part of it. I'm sure that that's part of it, especially in their own categories. Um, some people see needs. We've in here. We've had people that have seen needs and volunteered for things and desire things. Deb's not here right now. Deb's down in Arizona, but Deb's a good example. We used to uh, we used to have to when people would come in and people would need things from the church. Um, I mean, there's five there's five pastor team going on, and it would affect. You know, then we'd have to get together and decide things, and and there was that whole rigmarole with it. And uh, Deb kind of had it on her heart to administer that. So now when people come with needs to the church, uh, it goes to Deb. And Deb helps them with immediate needs. And she has, she's made up packets and got organized to help them with long-term needs stuff and helping them through things. Because we can't just, can't just keep giving and keep giving to the, you know, to the same people and over and over. The idea is that she wants to fulfill the immediate need. And then she gives them a packet and gets them on their way to getting long-term solutions for their needs. Um, and that was all her. That's just kind of something she wanted to, she wanted to do. And that's, that's how she thinks that those were, it's kind of how it worked with her. And I think like, that's a good example. That's someone who I see a need here. The need is getting done because we as a church family are fulfilling the needs of the church, but you know, she had a better way and it was on her heart to do it. And I think that's, that's a gifting. Um, that's a spiritual gift. That's her listening to Holy Spirit inside her to go and do something. And there's, there's more examples of that um, within the church, but that's the one, because when I think of like, I think of the role of the deacon and the serving people, distributing of that stuff, like she's, she's a deaconess. That's, that's what she is. That's how she's functioning. Um, so yeah, so with the gift of serving, again, there wasn't a whole lot, but, but it's very important and it's, it's easily abused and it's easy to use it to manipulate and it's easy to say that someone who is not comfortable in a public place, they just must be a, they must have the gift of helps and we'll let them, we'll let them do that. And it it minimizes because I think serving is, is very important in the public square too. And I don't, I don't ever want to think of serving or helps as a private in-house thing because when we, when we do Trout Festival, we're all in public we're all serving in public. When we do our apartment cookouts and stuff that we do, that's a very public thing. Like you're out, you're talking to people, you're engaging in these. And it's important. And it's not, it's not a secondary thing. And we need to recognize there are people that that's how they operate. And that's, that's Holy Spirit in them doing that. Um, Use Kara's, or Carol's example. She, used to, she likes to call Ken the, the widow magnet. And uh, Ken's got some of that. Ken just, he sees solutions and he, he, his mind operates like that. And it's, it's, a, it's a real gift. It's a real spiritual gift. It's, it's really Holy Spirit inside that individual prompting them and giving them creative solutions to problems. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I just want to distinguish it from getting stuff done. Like children's ministry is always like, it's like fast food restaurants around here. There's always a sign up that says, taking new, taking new children's employees. Children were, you know, so that's, that sometimes that's a getting stuff done thing. That's a job we step into. And then you will have people that like, I have this grand vision for the children's ministry. Let's operate on this. 
And, and that's a different thing. Um, so we still need to get stuff done. So don't say, I don't have the gift of service and not do anything. That's not the point. Um, but let's recognize the people and let's consult the people that this is their jam. This is what they do. This is how they operate with Holy Spirit. And that's kind of my point today. This is an important gift. Um, so let's just pray. And Jonathan will come and do a closing song. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for all that you've done. Holy Spirit, we thank you for all that you do in us. We thank you for what you're revealing to us about ourselves. We thank you for what you're revealing to us about how church families should operate. We thank you that you are in a person and with a person just as much, regardless of the things that they do. We thank you that you don't see second-tier Christians. And so we lean into you, Holy Spirit. Continue to show us more about the gifts. Continue to show us more about, about what motivates us, who we really are in Christ, and draw that out as we make decisions about, about what to do for you and how to interact with our, our church family. So Holy Spirit, just be with us throughout the week. Bring these things to mind when we need to think about them. Show us the ways that we're already doing things, ways that, that we're already built. And God, we just thank you for using us. We thank you that, that you are, you're working with us and you choose to work with us. I don't understand it, but I'm just thankful, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.